The text for the sermon this day is taken from the gospel lesson, specifically these words. It says, For from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts. That is the word of the Lord. Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I want you to imagine for a moment that I came back from the future and I brought the most advanced self smartphone you have ever seen. This smartphone could do just about anything and everything you could ever think of. And one of the newest inventions is that if I, I could take that, that phone, place it against your forehead, and every single thought that you have had in the last 24 hours would immediately be emailed or texted or whatever to every single person on your friends list on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. How many would want that? I don't think any of us would really want that kind of an invention. Because the thing is, is we're not only worried about those thoughts that are goofy and silly, that people look at you like, what? Be wondering what kind of, what weirdo you are. But the thoughts that would really hate for anyone to hear are those thoughts that we are ashamed of. Those thoughts that are more than we could ever begin to count. Those thoughts of anger, those thoughts of malice. If we look at what Jesus said in today's reading, we see where those thoughts come from. We, have heard, we hear it so often in our culture that you are to follow your heart. That we are to do what the heart wants. Well, we should know from the Garden of Eden why that is not a good idea. Because the very first woman ever followed her heart and she ate of that apple or ate of that fruit. Might have been an apple, might not have been. Ate of that fruit and we fell into sin. And that's what got us into the mess we are in in the first place. We are told that, every, that if you have a good heart, or we say such and such has a good heart. But in reality, ask them this one you ask this one question. If you think a person has a good heart, ask yourself, would they want you, want you to hear every thought they have? I'm going to guess no. Jesus in his, in his later in the gospel, Mark, would say that if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. If your eye cuts, causes you to sin, pluck it out. If your, your tongue causes you to sin, remove it. Is Jesus being serious? Yes. But the only problem is, as we hear in this text today, 
For it is from in, within, out of the heart that comes, come evil thoughts. See, your hand does not cause you to sin. In fact, your hand, your hands can be used to build things. And your hands are used to do great works of great vocations. Yet with our, those same hands, we may use it to, people use it to do violence against others. I mean, how young do you think, how young, how early is it in a child's life before you have to tell a child, stop hitting your sister or stop hitting your brother? Not to be sexist because it goes both ways. Does it take long, does it? Our eyes, with our eyes, we could behold such beauty, the beauty of God's creation. We who live in the, you know, where we live, you know, sometimes, you, actually just last Saturday, I was driving down to Ankeny, and as I was driving down 59, and just before I got to Denison, there was just a beautiful fog just going over the hills. It was absolutely beautiful sunrise. We have a beautiful area at times. We have some very beautiful sunsets. So with our eyes, we could be behold the beauties of God's creation. But yet with those same eyes, we, come up, we use those eyes for anger, for malice, for judgmentalness, for lust. With our tongue, we could speak the wonders of what God has done. And yet with that same tongue, we could speak lies and curses. We even curse God himself when we use his name in vain. See, it's our heart that does that. The problem is not our hands. The problem is not our eyes. The problem is not our hands. The problem is our heart. Our heart is what needs cleansed. So as I began the service, I mentioned that song, Create in Me a Clean Heart. Psalm 51 is where it's taken from. David, after he had slept with Bathsheba, committed adultery, after he murdered Uriah the Hittite, wrote Psalm 51, confessing his sin and looking upon his sin, looking upon what his eyes, his heart had led his eyes to lust after Bathsheba. His heart led his, his mind to conceive of a way to kill Uriah. After that, he says to God, Create in me a clean heart, O God. It's so fitting that we have sung that throughout the years. I'm guessing that any of you have grown up on that hymnal. You may actually know that by heart. And that's a good thing. Because that is a song that we should be able to sit and pray. Because we so often need to pray that prayer. Create in me a clean heart, O God. I'm mindful of a book. It's written by Bo Geertz. It's called The Hammer of God. 
It's a really, really good book to look, to actually read. It's a story about three, three church, the same church in Sweden over three different decades, or three different centuries, I think it is. And so it's written by a Lutheran pastor. And there's this conversation in the second story between an older pastor and a younger pastor. And so the older pastor says, That is a word which could stand for things that differ greatly, my boy. I only ask what it is that you believe in. And Jesus, of course, answered Friedfeld, raising his voice. I mean, I mean that I have given him my heart. The older man's face became suddenly as solemn as the grave. Do you consider that something to give him? By this time, Friedfeld was almost in tears. But sir, if you do not give your heart to Jesus, you cannot be saved. The older pastor responded, You are right, my boy. And it is just as true that if you think you are saved because you give Jesus your heart, you will not be saved. You see, my boy, he continued reassuringly as he continued to look at the young pastor's face, in which uncertainty and resentment were shown in a struggle for the upper hand. It is one thing to choose Jesus as one's Lord and Savior, to give him one's heart and commit oneself, him, oneself to him, and that he now accepts one into his little flock. It is a very different thing to believe on him as a redeemer of sinners, of whom one is chief. One does not choose a redeemer for oneself. You understand, nor give one's heart to him. The heart is a rusty old can on a junk heap, a fine birthday gift indeed. But a wonderful Lord passes by and has mercy on the wretched tin can, sticks his walking cane through it, and rescues it from the junk pile and takes it home with him. That is how it is. See, Jesus said that if your heart, your hand causes you to sin, your eyes, eye causes you to sin, your tongue causes you to sin, to remove it. But in reality, it's our heart that causes us to sin. If you remove your heart, you're dead. So the only thing we are left to do is to stand with that rusted old tin can of a heart. But the good news is, is that our God in his mercy, our Lord in his mercy, looked down on our miserable estate. He looked at that rusted tin can. And he left the heavenly realms to become a flesh and blood human being in order that he would grow up, be tortured, be beaten, to be humiliated, and eventually have a spear driven through his sacred heart. Which, by the way, there's a reason why many of the Catholic churches are called sacred heart. is because the sacred heart is the heart that was pierced. And from the side, from the body that was pierced, 
From the heart came blood and water. And you see that body which was pierced. It's the very same body that he gives in, with, and under the bread. That blood that poured from his side is the same blood that is in, with, and under the wine. That water that poured forth calls to mind the very water that was poured upon you. As the pastor said, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And he who was pierced is the Word of God himself. See, the Word who was pierced, who shed his blood, who poured forth that water, when you hear his Word, when you were baptized, when you call to mind your baptism. In fact, Luther makes a recommendation in his small catechism. Every morning when you wake up, every night when you go to sleep, make the sign of the cross, saying, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Reminding yourself of your baptism, because in your baptism... He took that rusted tin can, he took his walking stick, put it through, or I should say you could call it the shepherd's staff, maybe, and he picked it up and he gave you a new heart. When you come, every time you hear the word, every time you remember your baptism, he creates in you a new heart. Every time you receive the Lord's Supper, He creates in you a clean heart. The good news is while our, our heart is rusted, while we are hopeless, while we are in that miserable estate, our God comes down, gives the ultimate price, the ultimate sacrifice to give you a purified, clean heart. And as Jesus says in the Gospel of Matthew, in his Sermon on the Mount, those who have a purified heart have, are blessed indeed. You who have a clean heart have been given a clean heart. Every sin you ever commit comes from the, the heart that we are born in because that rusted tin can keeps wanting to reappear, keeps wanting to work itself in. And again and again we come to the throne of grace and he gives us a clean heart by which he leads you and guides you to be loving, to be patient, to be kind, to be gentle. So may it ever be our prayer that he create in us a clean heart until he returns. In Jesus' name, amen. The grace, peace, and mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, keep you in the one true faith, the life everlasting. Amen. Please stand.